AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Welcome to Louisville, Kentucky in the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show. It's the annual display of the latest and greatest in farm equipment, including some of the real innovative ideas to help you all work smarter. And there's one thing one of today's guests will be impressed by. The shiniest equipment in the world is under this roof. from Valentine's Day via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Ken Ferry from CropTech Consulting. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Annie Pastor and Ryan Bivens. And directly following the news, Margie Yickelkamp from The Scoop. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. Davis, I feel really let down this year. Oh, no. Really What's let wrong? down. What's wrong? Um, not, I, I don't recall even one mm-hmm. Valentine's Day tip from one Mr. Uh, Davis Michelson. Well, not you even, know. I'm lucky I, I remembered. I'm lucky I remember any of these ideas myself. I, you know, I'm I'm looking through my catalog of ideas on how to uh-huh. make the perfect Valentine's Day for for my lady, and yeah. I can't I can't be just giving this away. My stack is getting thin, bro. Is the thing. <laughs> You're gonna have to start some sort of a consulting business out I of this. So. I think so. Yeah, I can't just There's, give it away. You know, there is opportunity <laughs> at every corner, isn't there? There really is, if you look for it, you know? If you look for it, mm-hmm. if you look for it. Well, there's opportunity down here at Louisville uh, at the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show. Welcome. We are glad to be bringing you coverage from Louisville. It's and, nice you uh, and Joe get to uh, get to get away for Valentine's Day. You know, it's heartwarming. <laughs> it's really good. We've got dinner reservations for tonight. <laughs> I thought maybe you would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, uh, you know, and, and Hey, happy Valentine's day to my bride, mm-hmm. uh, did send her a text this morning. At least I remembered to do that. Uh huh. Well, that's good. Did she respond? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh. Absolutely. Oh, we're things in good shape then. We're all good. Things are all uh, good. After 35 excellent. years, things are still good. See, you don't need my tips. You've got yeah. it figured out 35 you years. Know. Exactly. Exactly. Can't go wrong with that. I am looking forward to today's conversations. We've got Ken Ferry coming up. We're going to find out what Ken learned from the yield plots this year or in 2023. And then the Farmer Forum, Ryan Bivens uh, from here in Kentucky and Andy Pastor from Ontario. Andy Clean is going to be on the Farmer Forum here this morning. All right, buddy, let's get to it. What you got in the news? Well, I'm going to start with the National Weather Service weather outlook, where quick-hitting waves of low pressure will bring a round of heavy, accumulating snowfall across the northern plains, upper Midwest, and the Great Lakes. Hello, South Bend, today and Thursday. Next Pacific storm system will bring locally heavy rain along the west coast and heavy, high-elevation snowfall in the Intermountain West over the next couple of days. Yeah, let's keep it clear here in the Midwest, though, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to get tomorrow afternoon, if that's Look at all possible. Yeah. We'll get you back. We'll get you back. Okay. In other news, grocery prices increased slightly last month, according to the latest Consumer Price Index released Tuesday. 
The consumer price index for all urban consumers increased 0.3% in January on a seasonally adjusted basis after rising 0.2% in December. Chip, over the past 12 months, the All Items Index increased 3.1%. The Food at Home Index rose 1.2% over the last year, while the index for food away from home rose 5.1% over the last year. Affordability issues right there. You want to talk about some early talk. The early talk was on these interest rate cuts, Davis. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can be making a case that that's not going to happen for a while. Well, USDA released the 2022 Census of Agriculture this week. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack called the results a wake-up call, particularly the number of farms and total amount of farmland across America. The Secretary had this to say. In 2017, when we did the survey, there were 2,042,220 farms. Today, the survey reports we have 1,900,487 farms. So doing a little quick math, that's 142,000 fewer farms in five years. The survey tells us that in 2017, we had well a little over 900 million acres of land and farming. Five years later, we have 880 million acres. So we've lost 20 million acres. 20 million acres, Chip, that's a, yeah. that's a fair piece of dirt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you take a look at the at the acreage report that we get every June and and in the annual production summary, the row crop, the primary crop acres is around 318 to 320 million. Mm. That hasn't really changed that much. But when you include all the rangeland that's out there that we're losing on an annual basis. Yeah, I can I can imagine that we've lost 20 million over five years. Well, Chip, House Republicans voted by the narrowest possible margin to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas becomes the second cabinet member in U.S. history and the first in almost 150 years to be impeached. There is, however, little chance the Democrat-led Senate will follow suit. The Biden administration is reportedly contemplating measures to restrict imports of Chinese smart cars and related components beyond tariffs, focusing on data security concerns. These measures would encompass electric vehicles and parts originating from China, irrespective of their final assembly location, to prevent circumvention through third countries like Mexico. A carbon border tax in the U.S. is under discussion as trade partners, including the EU, are moving forward with a similar measure. And finally, the United States potato production is estimated at 441 million hundredweight. That's up. 10% 10% from last year, Chip. There will be tots in 2024. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. And let's watch that carbon border tax. We need to uh, need to have a few more conversations about that here on AgriTalk. All right. Thanks, agree. Dennis. You bet. Let's bring in Margie Echocamp, editor of The Scoop. How are you this morning, Margie? Hey, Chip. Doing well. As a former machinery editor, I have spent many a Valentine's Day in Louisville. So I wish <laughs> you guys a very successful National Farm Machinery Show. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, talk to me about The Scoop's new product of the year. Yeah. So this is an annual contest we do. It's Reader's Choice. So we have 10 finalists and then our audience goes online and picks their top choice for new product of the year. Now, this year's winner was BioWake from AMVAC. And this product fits into a category you and I talked about about two weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. that is those in the planter box 
at the time of planting applications that provide either micronutrients or biological active ingredients. Amvax BioWake is a biological. It has formulations for both corn and soybeans. And what is another interesting trend to watch is this is a new product of the year now for two years in a row where the marketing team really said the success of the launch was because of their partnership with the Ag Retail Network. Mm. So last year's winner uh, from Bayer, they said the same thing. They had a significant demo acres Amvax BioWake also did more than 100,000 acres in its launch demo program. Sales for last year were over 300,000 acres, and this year, they're expected to exceed a million acres. Additionally, Amvax is building out its BioWake portfolio with BioWake Cotton, in addition to BioWake Prime, which is an EPA-labeled bioinsecticide focusing on corn rootworm. So more to come in this product category, as well as more to come from this product portfolio. Yeah, I guess it's no surprise that it's related to a biological, is it? I mean, that has been a buzz, buzz, buzz category for all of 2023. Thanks, Margie. Thank you, Chip. You bet. Margie Echocamp, editor of The Scoop. Coming up next. We've got a conversation with Ken Ferry, Crop Tech Consulting, and the Farm Journal Agronomist right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. We are in Louisville, Kentucky at the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show. And this has kind of become an annual conversation for us, Ken. Ken Ferry, Crop Tech Consulting and Farm Journal Agronomist, sitting right across the table from me right now. Ken, it's good to see you. All right. Uh, we, we got a chance to talk a couple of times this year, but we haven't talked. I don't believe since, since, since you harvested all the plots, what did you learn from the plot work this year? Well, this is a a good teaching year on when it comes to plots, we do replicated trials within the field. And then we also replicate those plots across districts or areas. So Mm -hmm. this year, as you look at the plot data, there's a big difference between for instance, April planted corn and May planted corn okay. because we had the ninth driest June in Illinois on record. And as a rule of thumb right now, our May corn is considerably out yielding our April corn. Wow. And uh, if you planted in April and you planted 109 and 115 day hybrid in the field, there's a pretty good chance the 115 is going to be substantially better than the 109. 
But if you plan it out into the <clears throat> second week of May, that 109 looks pretty good. So it's when the rains came in August, were you still filling or were you finished? Right. And you have to read that into all these plots. So we have, for instance, starter fertilizer plots on the corn planter where we sure. had good visual differences, good moisture differences. But due to their planting date, every replication that you put fertilizer on went backwards because that corn finished 10 days, two weeks ahead of normal, which is right. what starter does. It moves it ahead. But it missed out on the rain to fill it. Yeah. And then and then, then to check. So then those <laughs> plots planted in May have real strong responses. So it, uh, it takes a little interpretation this year, but, but. Have you ever seen a year with this many, you know, unique variab variables between the plots? Probably not so much, meaning yeah. that, that, uh, that you could have the same hybrid planted a month later and do 30 bushel better. Um, <laughs> you know, that the combination doesn't, doesn't hold. Um, course with the driest june on record it takes away some of the advantage a fungicide would have because you right. take away the diseases so as you're looking through there and you're not seeing some of the strong fungicide response trials you realize we just didn't have that part of the triangle put together um row spacing you know where uh, we look at early planted beans and looking at the sure. importance of 30 inch rows versus 15 and and up until the last four or five years we'd say that row spacing kind of fades a little bit in our end of march early april beans this year, though, it's going to be the other way around. That the the narrow beans are going to still hold their premium in uh, early planting because we couldn't close those rows in okay. June, you know. And you start to see other characteristics like your narrow row beans need to be narrow rowed, and your bush beans they can stay a little bit wider, and that that shows up this year. So it kind of brings you back to some of the fundamentals we've always knew, but it took you know six weeks of no rain to make yeah. to make it show up. Yeah. One of the things that I've always appreciated about your work is that at the end of the year, when you get the results and you can look back and you know exactly what happened in all those plots, you can usually pinpoint what caused that yield variation as time went on. Did you run into any surprises this year that made you go, I don't know how to explain that? Um, we, we, we ran into some uh, soybean plots okay. that went backwards in yield with tillage. So tillage in soybeans have been uh, hard to, it's hard to make tillage pay in a soybean. Mm -hmm. We may get a yield response, but by the time you pay for that tillage, you, you, you lose it. So it's been back and forth, but we had replicated trials this year uh, where we took um, high speed disc and it went at different angles across that field. And the more aggressive we got with that tillage, the, the more ding the yield. Uh, haven't seen that, didn't expect it, didn't see it visually per se, but it definitely was there at the scale cart that we were dry enough in June that we even tapped some of those beans. Now, I say that the beans were still good, right? They yeah. were still 70 plus bushel beans, but they they didn't like it, uh, you know, to be, to be uh, I guess, run out of water yeah. uh, in that in that window where they're trying to put some good vegetative growth on as well as a reproductive part. Yeah. Yeah. That two week period in there with the, with the heat that, and it was really, I shouldn't say it was the only heat that we got of the summer, but uh, it was one of just a couple of really hot periods that came in June. Um, it hurt those beans more than, than what guys figured, correct? Yeah. In some areas um, on top of it in Illinois, though, what kept it from really getting ugly 
Yeah. Uh, I believe was smoke. Yep. Uh, the, the smoke backed us up uh, from our ET rates. Otherwise, I think we were headed for 2012 okay. um, because we just didn't have the water and uh, our ET rates should have been higher. But that miserable two and a half weeks of smoke in there uh, <laughs> for everybody, I think it it did quite a bit to actually salvage our crop. Now, if it would have hung on into July and August during pod and grain fill, it would have got brutal then. Right. But without the smoke, I, I think we were so close to burning that crop up that we would have went ahead and caused a lot of damage. Man, it, it was such a weird summer when that smoke started to roll in. Now, you're talking about evap- evapotranspiration. Or evapotranspiration rate. rates, right. What The question that I keep getting, Ken, is what about the extra carbon that was in the air? Did that help? Um, it, w- we could say it probably didn't hurt on a okay. basis that, you know, soybeans, especially, which is a C3 crop, the more CO2 in the air, the happier they are. Yep. 95% of the plants on earth are C3. So the plants probably didn't have any problem with it. Um, what it did for carbon sequestering is probably we probably burned oh. off more carbon than we've stored in 15 years. You know, uh, So we probably went backwards in a big move from that scenario. Um, but again, you know, going back to um, how big an effect that would have on bushels, um, probably, probably its ability to, of course, sunlight is diffused through smoke. So that helps the canopy use it deeper in the canopy. So that's a plus. But typically, when you when you pull the ET rate down, you pull yields down. Unless you, the higher the ET rate, the higher the yield. Unless you can't meet it with a water supply, then you burn the crop up, and that's what okay. happens in things like 2012. So I think the plus side is probably more due to keeping us moderate when we could have burnt up. I don't know if we could ever come up with a value of what the actual yeah, CO2 is worth. Yeah, yeah, be difficult. Okay, so you're looking forward to 2024. What what are some of the plans, some of the 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 changes that you have for 2024? Um, well, you know, we continue to look deep at hybrid selection and hybrid mm-hmm. characteristics in corn. Now we're we're moving that also back into the soybean side. So looking for plant characteristics in the soybean area and how that is uh, maybe going to affect how you position your soybeans in the field. And we were talking about leaf structure as in a bushy or narrow row plant, looking at populations, of course, continue to look at early planting, mm-hmm. uh, but not all beans are created equal either. So um, right. we'll, we'll be looking in there, probably a lot of what we'll be looking at is where we can find deficiencies. So with these markets, everybody's trying to figure out, you know, yep. where can I be the most efficient? Yep. You can throw the kitchen sink at it when you got $7 corn, but with these prices, it's how efficient can we get with everything that's going out there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, on, on soybeans, I think uh, guys kind of thought, well, this, the planting date issue and, and getting the beans planted as early as what makes sense, uh, help them gain some yield potential, but there's still a lot of areas that just kind of feel like they're sitting with a, a, you know, a go nowhere bean yield. Right. Yeah. Um, in certain areas, in in certain soils as well, that yeah. they're, they're not gaining as well. Overall, uh, even this year with all everything we threw at it, no doubt our early planted beans were our better beans, um, where the early planted corn wasn't the case. You right. know? So uh, the environment's being set up now in Illinois, you know, with this weather pattern that I'm, I'm sure we're going to see March planted beans, um, and they'd love to plant them in March if they could get away with it. But we've had a, been about four years where we couldn't do it. 
Um, and I think guys will guys will be taken after it if this weather pattern doesn't change. Holy smokes, March planted beans. Um, okay, ma'am, we're almost out of time. What's the coolest thing about National Farm Machinery Show for you? Um, well, we just got here. Haven't uh, uh, got through the show much, but it's neat to be able to talk with all our plot sponsors and uh, give them the data from our trials from this yeah. year and then hopefully find more plot sponsors that want to get involved and in, in be part of the Farm Journal plot program. So that's kind of my job here today is meet and greet and, and look for anybody new on the block that would like to get into yeah. the program and, and uh, participate with the plots. Yeah. Biologicals, a big part of the plan for 24. Yeah. They're almost a big part every year yeah. because our job is to help answer farmers questions. So and there's uh, a lot of questions, there's a lot of questions and uh, a lot of the industry has moved into that department. So, um, you know, there's a jug coming in the door every day for something to try. So we try to incorporate <laughs> it into our foliar feeds, into our planter plots and stuff like that. Try to, you know, the, the bigger challenges try to get repetitiveness, put yeah. it out in three or four farms in different areas, that type of thing, to see if it's going to repeat itself this year or right. if it's going to repeat year after year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff, Ken. It's great to see you, man. You bet. Glad to be here. All right. That is Ken Ferry, Crop Tech Consulting and the Farm Journal Agronomist. All right. It is Wednesday. That means it's time for the Farmer Forum. We've got Ryan Bivens from Kentucky and Andy Pastor from ontario coming up next from the national farm machinery show this is agritalk time for markets now with the experts from pro farmer joining us now pro farmer editor brian grady b got some pressure on the grains today what's going on yeah, uh, pretty uh, pretty rough morning of trade here, Chip. Uh, new contract lows in the corn market, uh, new for-the-move lows in uh, soybeans, and, and wheat is actually leading us to the downside with SRW contracts posting double-digit declines. So uh, no real fresh news per se. Um, you know, it's just uh, a lack of supportive news. And USDA's out, out, uh, Ag Outlook Forum tomorrow and Friday is expected to paint a pretty bleak picture for the 24-25 marketing year. Now, that, that'll be just the initial uh, projections based on the January WASDE report, but, uh, um, you know, the expectation is that it, it's going to be pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah, something that we're going to have to really watch for and, and see what kind of an impact it might have on the market here into the end of the week. All right, take us over to the livestock trade. Got some pressure there as well. Yeah, uh, not much better in the cattle market, to be honest with you. Moderate to sharp losses in live cattle futures, heavy losses in the uh, feeder cattle market. And, uh, you know, I I think the uh, we started the week with expectations that uh, we'd probably see firmer cash cattle trade for a fifth straight week. Uh, those have probably gone by the wayside now and, and uh, steady, maybe even steady weaker, although I, I don't think feedlots are going to be in any hurry to sell cattle at, at lower prices. So uh, yeah. the rea- reality is here, it, it's a corrective pullback, but it may influence cash cattle trade later on in the week. And then hog futures, uh, we got wow. the February contract going off the board uh, later this morning, and uh, it's trading moderately higher, but strong gains in the deferred contracts here at mid-morning. Yeah, that April contract up more than three and a half bucks. Thank you, Brian. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. 
Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are live in Louisville, Kentucky at the 2024 National Farm Machinery Show, and it is time for our Farmer Forum. And this has turned into an annual event for us. Ryan Bivens here in Kentucky. How you doing, Ryan? Doing great, Chip. Glad to have you all back and honored to be here on the show with you today. It's always great to be right here in my backyard and have you all here with us. Yeah, absolutely. We we talk about it. We say it's the most wonderful time of the year when it's farm show week. (laughs) I'll bet it is. What does does the farm machinery show on the tractor pull? What does it mean to the state? Well, it's a huge thing. And I, and I told Andy here right before, we take it for granted because it's right here in our backyard. Yeah. You know, you're looking at 1.2 million square foot under roof, you know, temperature controlled building space of the latest and greatest in agriculture. And then on top of that, uh, we often refer to it as the Super Bowl of tractor truck and tractor pulling. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't understand with the truck and tractor pull, it's an invitation only pool. So pullers have to apply to be here. And then the selection process, they turn in a resume. So we we literally have the best of the best. They come to Louisville and they all are excited for the red dirt, the history here. So the red dirt, you know, I think it's the 55th or 56th championship track, but it's the same red dirt that has been used forever. It, it goes once it's over, they take it out oh, of Freedom Hall. They go store it in a building across uh, the way over here and it's kept there until next year's time for the pool. And the Shut up. Again. It is. It is. So, and it's a, it's a, it's a red central Kentucky clay. It bites hard. Any any pullers that know, of course, you're looking at a 240 foot track, so it's that that pan's going to drop quick on the sled. And, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a different animal. Those you can usually tell the new pullers in in Louisville because they're not experienced to it, but the the veteran ones they they figure it out and they know how to do it. And you know, the whole goal is we want to put on a heck of a show. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is a heck of a show. There's no doubt. It absolutely is. The yeah. staff does a great job here handling this show, and the pool committee doing the pool. It's a like I say, it's just it's a well tuned machine. Yeah. Certainly is. Andy Pastor up in Ontario. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Chip. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. This is a huge honor for me because I'm wow. a, a huge fan of this show. And I was like, man, you know, when you got a hold of me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah. yeah. You've been on before, but it but it has been years. Yeah. Well, it has been years. Yeah. Sure. I am sure. I am sure. I looked it up and it's been <laughs> eight years. Okay. 
I can't even remember what I did yesterday. So there has been so much that has happened in your life that we're going to talk about. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah. That has happened in the last eight years. We're going to get yeah. to it, dude. Oh, perfect. Okay, tell me about the Ontario growing. We just talked yep. with Ken yep. Ferry, and there's still some results from 2023 that have got people going. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, well, it's the smoke, right? <laughs> and that's what everybody's saying, that. right? Yeah. Because we had the same issue as everybody else where it was super dry early on, mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, we didn't get our first good rain until like the July 1st weekend. Right. And from what I'm thinking is one, the smoke just kind of kept everything from not, you know, being bone Burnt dry. up. Right. Yep. So, and two is I think the sulfur from the smoke might have had something to play in it too, right? Mm -hmm. Or the carbon. I don't know. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause our corn yield was the best we've ever had. <laughs> and, but once it started raining, it didn't stop for us, okay. which is good because we're on pretty sandy soil. So we need a, need an inch a week, but it didn't turn off. But the beans got a lot of white mold in them. Okay. Even though we sprayed, but, you know, it was just the weather conditions where, you know, it just stayed damp. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. But the corn crop, man. That was but a good that one. Corn crop, basically what you did was you rushed it up to pollination mm -hmm. and then you started to water it once yeah. pollinated. Yeah. And well, we're it's, on pretty it's sandy. like the recipe. Yeah. We're on sandy soil. So the thing is, you know, we've seen it where if you get uh, like an inch of rain right at pollination or something like that, you know, it is night and day what mm -hmm. that corn can do. Right. Yep. Even if it's super dry, like, you know how short I am. Yeah, I've had corn shorter than me, you know, <laughs> yielding pretty good, num big numbers. Right. Yeah. So it just rain at the right time. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've mentioned the sandy soil a couple of times. Tell us about where it is that you farm because you farm right up to the shorelines. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. So, so we're in Norfolk County. So we're about a half an hour South of Tilsonburg, Ontario. So that's about two hours, two and a half hours East of Detroit. So, so yeah, our, our farm right across roads, Lake Erie, if you drew a line straight across, that would be Ashtabula, Ohio. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And we are in the sand plains yep. of Norfolk County. So there's a lot of vegetables grown, cash crops, corn and beans, right? Not much livestock, but you name it, we grow it. So, yeah. and it's just all based on the, on the, on the soil type. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Ryan, the growing season that you had, it, well, tell us about it. Well, we, we started off just uh, great planting. Yeah. I mean, couldn't ask for better planting conditions. Started to get a little dry. And, of course, we double crop a lot here in central Kentucky. So when you we started weed harvest, it mm -hmm. never fails. We're going to catch a rain during right. weed harvest. You know, we want it to be dry because we're in there trying to rush to get double crop beans planted. From the day we started harvesting wheat to the day we finished, we had somewhere between 12 to 15 inches of rain. So we mudded a lot of double crop beans in just because we were up against the calendar at that point. Once that happened, we started about the middle of August turning dry again. But we had these fogs that would not lift until 10 o'clock every day. Yeah. And it was amazing. I mean, stuff was dripping wet. And I really thought we were probably going to, you know, I thought we had a good crop, but didn't think it was going to be that good. And we beat, light 22 was a record for us on corn. Mm -hmm. and we beat that by seven bushel acre. I mean, it's just unbelievable crop this time. Okay. So what did you learn from 2023 that you are going to put into play for 2024? Are you going to do anything differently? Well, we always try to do a little bit different, just, you know, to tweak our program and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel pretty confident with the program we've got in place. 
it's doing well for us, you know, covering a lot of acres uh, in our mind and pulling out very good yields. Uh, I think the biggest lesson, I, and I think I told you this last year about this time, we learned it in 22, was never give up on a crop. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's amazing yep. how resilient these crops are. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you an example. We, we, had, we were harvesting double crop beans, planted July 10th, which is way past the date we should be planting beans, just trying to get beans in the ground. Literally, when you pick the planter up in the field and turn, mud falling off the planter. I mean, it is muddy. Yeah. We get there with the combines, and these beans aren't knee high, but they are packed full of beans. And, and I mean, we're running 70 bushel beans. Unheard of. Unbelievable. Could not, should not be able to do it. And we can't explain it. You know, it's just, but like I say, I think the crops, we got to give the technology credit. Yeah. Stuff is certainly resilient. And I, and I think it's also the way we farm nowadays. You know, we've, we've certainly turned things around. Sure. Um, you know, we've listened. It's amazing to me that what's happened in the last 20 years. It's kind of scary to think where we're going to be 20 years from now. Right. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. What about you? You going to do anything different in, uh, now, 2024? Well, so yeah, our program is pretty down to where, you know, the only difference that we have is when it rains or not. So yeah. our program is pretty good. And yeah, it's basically all the luck of when the rains come. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, but like, like he was saying, you know, we're always doing something better, something yep. different. And yeah, my brother's a pioneer dealer. We see the varieties and the hybrids coming out, right? Where mm -hmm. the technology is, man, you know, this, <laughs> this, these crops can go through a lot of stuff and still produce a pretty good yield. So, so yeah. Does that make you feel like you need to work some bulletproof on the yields into your marketing plans? Andy? I don't know. You yeah. still got to stay conservative and realize I that, I do because that things, could happen. Yeah, because we can go from a drought or from good conditions to a drought in a week yeah. where we are. Yeah. Right. So we still got to be kind of conservative, make sure, you know, we have something covered right where, and you don't want to, I don't want to go over contract and stuff. Right. Either, right? So we kind of got to be careful. So, so yeah, but does it play into your mind, right? Well, it does. And I tell people all the time, you know, Chip, I've shared with you before, first generation farmer. Yeah. I remember when I started out buying crop insurance, Yeah, I had to take the County T yield. That yeah. was 79 bushels on corn. You know, <laughs> that doesn't cover much today no. when you start buying a percentage of that. And, uh, you know, so yes, it plays in my mind. But yeah. at the same time, you know, I think we're starting to build that proven history. And um, I don't know. It's uh, I agree with Andy. You know, it's depending on what that weather, what that weather does. But at the same time, I think we're starting to figure out that, you know, weather patterns – I don't want to mention that climate word because I don't agree with that, but obviously, right. you know, with, with shifts in the planets and the axis and all that stuff, right. it's a, uh, you know, weather patterns are changing, I yeah. think. And, and it, and that's just normal. Everything yeah. goes through cyclical changes. Yeah. There you go. You so, know. yeah, like you said, you know, it was February. I just washed my, one of my combines you, last week. You were washing a combine? Yeah, outside. It, Unbelievable. I could have done it in a t-shirt or yeah. I could have took my shirt off and got a tan, <laughs> but nobody wants to see that. But, uh, but, you know, and actually I raked my yard. That was probably a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday because it was so nice outside. And it's February in Canada. That's not normal. No. But I look back and the last time I did that was in 2016. So I'm going to have to go back and look at what my yields were that year. Right. See if there's a correlation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right now, what I'm hearing is, is guys in Iowa are thinking that, that uh, this is feeling like early 2012. And the the reason and, and Ken said it earlier too that that guys are looking forward to planting beans in March this year. Yeah, in Central Illinois. Yeah. Well, I've I've also seen it though where 
it, it's winter ends up showing up sooner or later. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at the long-term patterns, right? But I, you know, typically winter does show up. Yeah. And next thing you know, it'll be snowing in April. And Well, the old, the old saying we always heard was if March comes in like a lamb, it goes out like a lion. Yeah. Or if it comes in like a lion, yeah. it goes out yeah. like a lamb. You know, so I, I think we still got winter. You know, we had we had 70 degree temperatures here in central Kentucky, which it's even crazier for you all to have that kind of weather yeah. further north of us. But I told everybody we're going to pay for it. Yeah. 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 Winter, yeah. Winter's not over yet. Yeah, no. Ten days, 10 days where it got cold and it was yep. it was legitimately oh, yeah. cold. Yeah. Um, but was that all we're going to get? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? I don't know, because I was out in Manitoba. When it got cold like that, oh, yeah. the music's come on. Yeah. But man, was it cold. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Heck, my dad-in-law has already seen Robert Robbins in uh, oh, well. in Eastern Iowa. Yeah. They're about three weeks, maybe even four weeks early. We are having a farmer forum with Ryan Bivens from Kentucky, Andy Pastor from Ontario. We got to talk about Andy Clean. That's coming up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The truth is hard to come by these days unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are live from Louisville, Kentucky, the National Farm Machinery Show. Uh, got the Farmer Forum going with Ryan Bivens from Kentucky and Andy Pastor from Ontario. Ryan, you, you, you play an active role in things that happen here at the Exposition Center. But when, when you show up to the National Farm Machinery Show, what are you looking for? I don't know. It's uh maybe it's coming with age. I told somebody the other day and they's like, well, what are you gonna what's your what's your one thing you're looking for? Yeah. And I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a sign I've bought too much in the past <laughs> if I don't have a wish list anymore, or maybe I'm just broke or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a uh, you know, I'll tell you the thing about farm show, it's just like running into you. You know, that's the one time a year. It's it's a big big family reunion yeah. of agriculture. Yeah. You run into people you meet, and this is the one time a year you see them. Of course, I'm catching a lot of grief this year, Chip. So I always like to make your eyes open big when I tell you something. So so I filed to run for public office. Okay, I'm actually going to run for st- in state rep race right now in the state of Kentucky. Outstanding. He had a house seat open up, so about time to put a farmer back in the legislature. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm throwing my head in that. So all my friends this time they're all they're all giving me heck about being a politician now and all that stuff. Of course, I'm telling them I said, well, put your money where your mouth is. Right. We're accepting contributions right, right now. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, accepting contributions. Well, good for you, well, man. Appreciate that. That is seeing a need for something to get done and and raising your hand. It is. It is. You know, I I, I had my first taste of state government when I served on the board here. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when the administration changes, it's, that was a gubernatorial appointment. 
uh, and I was on the wrong side of the yeah. governor and those things happen. And, you know, he, uh, he invited me to go home. So that's what I did. And, you know, I've stayed involved, uh, active and had a really good state rep and he had an opportunity to move up in another position. He called me about it. He said, I wish you'd consider it. And, you know, if this, if this happens, we've got a lot of great support in agriculture in the state of Kentucky when it comes to legislature, but there's not one full-time farmer serving. Really? So, you know, I think that's a, I think it's something that's needed. I tell people all the time, if I'm going into battle, I want a group of farmers with me because they're yeah. the smartest, oh, yeah. best thinkers there are. Well, and that's like, you see what's going on up in Canada and stuff like that oh, yeah. with politics and basically everywhere where there's nobody from a farm background in the government, yeah. really. So, you know, like our voice isn't being heard sure. and some of these policies and, you know, mandates coming down on us. There's, it's like, yeah, they what, make what no is sense. going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to see a farmer right. jump back in. I wish we had some more in Canada that would do that too. Right. So well, yeah. I hope it sparks more interest in Kentucky. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. Um, Andy, like I said, since last time you were on, there's been a lot of change yeah. in your life. <laughs> this Andy clean, um, did you, how did you get here with this? I never, this is something I never imagined doing, <laughs> right? But you know how it started where, right. you know, I just like keeping my equipment clean. I just started posting pictures on Twitter. My buddy, Robert Reese from Michigan, hashtagged one of my photos, Andy, Andy clean. clean. And it just kind of stuck from there. John Deere jumped on board with the stickers and everything. Yep. And I, I had a lot of people ask me, hey, what kind of soap are you using? So I said, hey you know, maybe we need to make our own soap. Yeah. And I just seen the opportunity where, and this is totally out of my comfort zone doing what we're doing, mm -hmm. but man, like. So it, what is the current status of, yeah, of so, Andy Clean Soap? So it's got a part number in John Deere. Okay. This is actually our third year doing the Andy Clean Soap. The first year I started just direct selling it to John Deere dealers mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to be a full-time job because I'm a farmer, right. right? I'm doing this to help the farm out and you know, but yeah. So it's just direct selling it to the dealers, the ones that knew me from Twitter. And then that basically that summer, John Deere, the parts guys at John Deere came to me, mm -hmm. their supplier who takes care of all their cleaning supplies and everything and said, Hey, you know, what do you think about making this a part number? Right. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, so this is going to be basically my second this weekend, like we debuted it in John Deere mm -hmm. last year right. in the right. at the show here, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah, something I never in a million years thought I'd be doing, but it's really the people that I get yeah. to meet from it that oh, because when we go somewhere, you know, I've got every person that I've mailed the sticker out to, I've got their address, so mm -hmm. I know where they live. <laughs> Not that I'm a creeping them or anything, but I'm like, hey. Are you going to be around? I'm going to be in your area. We don't mind stopping by and meeting you. Right. You know, and yeah. So on the way home, in their panic. Well, oh, I, I, I've got to clean the combine. But the thing is, and I get that too, right? Where my farm, you know, yeah, we keep stuff clean, but it's hard because it's a farm and I got my dad you over there. Use things. Yeah, yeah. We use things. So it gets dirty where, you know, but I tell guys, I said, listen, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I am a clean freak, but you know, I'm still normal. Right. But I have been to some farms where I'm like, oh my God, they'd make me look like a fraud. Right. With how clean everything is. That's where yeah. one of the farms where we tested our soap originally Yeah, up in Woodstock, Ontario, the Mindlers, Faircrest Farms. And you'd 
you'd want to take your boots off when you go in their shop. That's how clean it oh, was. Oh my so goodness. I, it's uh, it was unreal. Something that blew my it was my it was like my heaven when I walked in there. I was like, this is amazing. You know, That's so, crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do a little product testing for you this yeah. year too. There we go. Yep. We'll get it on the pontoon and see how yep. well it works. That's right. Yeah. We've got people, you can wash anything with the soap, right? Yeah. So it's not just meant for farm equipment. So, so yeah, we have people washing boats. we got a lot of fire departments, volunteer firefighters using it. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's, it's the people who built the brand because it wasn't just me. It was everybody on Twitter. Yeah. That's how it got going. Those are the guys who, whenever I talk about it in the clean, I say we, yeah. because with all those people, I would have never been able to do what we've been able to do. So, yeah. Andy, I'm telling you, it is one of the coolest stories that I've seen oh. come out of social media ever. <laughs> I, I mean, ever. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know, you see all the hate that happens out there on social media, and then you see a story like this, and it just gives you hope. Yeah. That good things can still come out of this. Well, and all the people involved with Andy Clean, every person that I've met from this, greatest people you'll ever meet, yeah. right? So they inspire me to, you know, be a better person and do good things. and Pass yeah. it along. Yeah, exactly. You do. Yeah, right. You, <laughs> you absolutely do. Great conversation, you guys. Good luck this fall. Appreciate Ryan. it. Man, I'll, I'll, keep us up to speed on what's going on. We absolutely will. Can I move to Kentucky and vote for absolutely. you? Absolutely. We'd yeah. love to have you there we go. vote. You know, if you were in Illinois, you wouldn't have to move to Illinois to vote for me. There we go. Mailing about. <laughs> yeah, I'll mail one in yeah. Canada. So much for that. It's Ryan Bivens from Kentucky, Andy Pastor up in Ontario. Come back this afternoon. We're going to be over at the Great Plains booth. Uh, conversation with Matt Bennett from agmarket.net right here on AgriTalk.